The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with best-selling author, speaker, and motivational coach, April Joy Ford. April has faced adversity in her life, such as childhood sexual abuse and becoming a widow and a single parent at 32. Through all of her challenges, she's gone from tragedy to triumph. She'll help you to do the same. Get empowered by taking a holistic approach. Now, here is your host, April Joy Ford. Welcome, I'm April Joy Ford, the voice of You're Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. And we're here not only to inspire and empower, but to change and save lives. I like to always say hello to all of our fans and listeners globally, of course, here in the United States and across the ocean. We've got the United Kingdom, Cambodia, Canada, Germany, listening in, Saudi Arabia, Korea, New Zealand, Australia. Our guest from today is calling in from Australia herself. We've got Italy, Spain, South Africa, Mexico, Vietnam, India, Austria, Hong Kong, and just to name a few regions out there. Each listener is a life and each life matters. I know you guys tune in each and every week seeking answers and solutions to your situations and setbacks. And I'm glad you're here with us again. And make sure you guys check out the You Are Not Alone show page to say hello and check out our sponsors list out there and click on their show uh, page banners or sponsor banners. So our episode today is on Everyone can choose to heal from childhood trauma or abuse and transform their lives. My guest, Liz Molinar, is a survivor of incest and other childhood trauma. She originally founded the first national charity in Australia, ASCA, by Survivors for Survivors, followed by the Heal for Life Foundation in 1999, utilizing her innate knowledge as a survivor herself to formulate a program to empower others to heal themselves. The foundation is run, again, for and by survivors of childhood trauma, and she's the author of two books, Breaking the Silence and The Liz Molinar Story, published by Hotter Headline, to encourage anyone who has suffered from childhood trauma to heal. And I encourage you guys to check out her bio on the You're Not Alone show page. She has tremendous amounts of awards, you know, just to name a few. Order of Australia in 1997, the Sanitary Medal in 2000, as well as the Humanitarian Award in 2003. So make sure you check out her full bio on the You're Not Alone show page. So with our episode today, I want you guys to think about some of these questions. Can you now heal from your abuse as a child? Could your current adversities of anxiety, depression, PTSD, or maybe even conflicts within your relationships or just overall well-being be linked from your childhood trauma? 
maybe if you're a parent with kids now, ask yourself, how would your kids answer this question when they later become adults? How was your childhood? Maybe you have an adversity that you can't really relate to such extreme on what we're going to talk about today, but I want you guys to tune in, you know, don't tune out because you can really use the same healing methods and principles in your own life. If they work for survivors with such extreme situations, why not use? So let's go ahead and welcome Liz Molinar to our show, calling in from Australia this week. How are you, Liz? Excellent. I missed a lot of your introduction, so I, I, but I'll just answer your question. Somehow we got cut across between our two <laughs> continents. Fabulous. Now, before we get into some of your amazing and honorable work with Heal for Life Foundation in Australia, mm-hmm. tell our listeners a little bit about your personal background. Um, Well, I was a very successful businesswoman. I used to cast most of the films and television shows that came out of Australia. Um, And then when I was 50, I was struck down by an illness that nearly killed me. And in the course of trying to find out what was wrong with me, I discovered what was really wrong with me was that I had never dealt with my child abuse, which I was totally unaware of. And that started a journey of healing in 1993. Uh, and as I sought to find help for myself as a very successful, well-known businesswoman and found I couldn't find services that were relevant or appropriate to me, I thought, what's it like for the people who have less uh, resources than I have? And that's what led me um, on a sort of life journey of, of, of deciding I was going to help set up services that were accessible to people who didn't have any funds and that were actually relevant to us as survivors of child abuse because the services I could access uh, didn't understand me and were not offering me the relevant help. It was medication or sort of get over it or cognitive behavioral therapy and none of those. I knew knew what I needed and I knew those were not what I needed right then. Wow, that's very insightful. So how did, you know, at the age of 50, you said you were going through a challenge. How were you able to pinpoint um, that it linked or resulted back from your childhood trauma? That's always a bit I, I try to miss because in I sort of checked out of hospital because I was just literally dying. And one of my friends said, oh, come and see this psychic healer. And I said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to a psychic healer. But anyway, to cut a long story short, I went to the psychic healer. And she said to me, I can't, she said, I can't do anything to help you. Your issue is the fact that you were sexually abused as a child. And I thought, well, that is complete nonsense. Um, but she gave me the name of a psychologist. And so I thought, oh, well, I've, <laughs> I've nothing to lose. Uh, um, I'll go and, and sort of investigate. And, and, you know, the psychologist to start with said, well, I don't know, but then said, you know, certainly you, you are giving indications that that might be your issue. Um, and that's how I started. And in fact, I, my first memories were recovered through um, conscious hypnosis. In other words, it was o- overcame my left brain to access um, the truth of my childhood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that started me on a long journey of healing, an ongoing journey of healing. Uh, but through it, I, I managed to get a validation for my original abuser from someone who'd been abused by the same person. And my sister um, gradually acknowledged her stuff within the family. So um, I've been lucky enough to have validation and and support on that healing journey. Wow, you're also able to provide some practical tools and insight and empowerment, you know, that also influenced the healing of your sister, it sounds like. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the whole thing from the beginning for me was finding out what was the effective way to heal myself. And then once I'd learned that, I knew I'd be able to pass it on to other people. And once 
um, I started the centre, it was learning through, through, through discovery, through trying things and, mm-hmm. and seeing what didn't work, seeing what, uh, what made people feel unsafe, discovering what we all, all of which I innately knew as, I, as other survivors, because I used to get thousands of letters, because I was probably the first person in Australia who, with a media profile, said I was sexually abused as a child. This was in the early 1990s, so there was a lot of sort of coverage about it, and so people wrote me letters, and, and I found we were all saying the same thing about what we needed to do in order to heal, and mm-hmm. nobody was listening. I'm not sure they listen now, actually. Yes, it's still, it's still a challenge, right? We're making, we're making progress, you know, speaking from survivor to another. Um, I'm, I'm like you. I'm such a proponent on... Um, integrating various modalities. Could you share some of the uh, modalities of healing that you Well, I mean, uh, the basic thing that I felt at the time and was validated by others was that we heal when we release the fear uh, that we had to suppress at the time of the trauma. Mm-hmm. And subsequent to Peter Levine's work, I then, I then added on to releasing the fear, empowering of that that part of self, that child self, that inner child, whatever word you want to use, but empowering them so that they take control of the situation. And then the third part of our model is then nurturing. So we then nurture that child self. Um, and the other part of our program is is education. So we explain to everyone happens uh, when trauma impacts the developing brain and how that impacts on our self-belief systems and, and what we do. So it, it's it's people learning why they behave and children why they behave the way they do is because of what happened to them in childhood right. and that the brain is plastic. I mean, the biggest discovery of, uh, over this period has been what I innately knew but was only really recognized at the end of the last century, which is that the brain is plastic. And that's why, for me, everybody can heal if they've got the courage to do so. And mm-hmm. some people, uh, they're, they're, it's been so hideous that they can't find that courage. But but many, many people can. And when they do, the rewards I believe, absolutely enormous. Yeah. And I think it has to do with just maybe educating and um, understanding how trauma works because trauma, like you said, does affect the brain and the mind, but also everything about our being. It affects our, our minds, body, yeah. souls, and oh. our emotions. And we've got to start oh, oh, with, with that. Well, our, our emotions are, after all, controlled by the brain, mm-hmm. and our whole emotional regulator is impacted when we suffer from trauma. So anybody who suffered from trauma will have a, a, either an over-emotional regulator or under be under-emotionally regulated. Mm-hmm. I suppose I was blessed that I'm, I, I, I totally control my emotions, blessed in one way, uh, and other people, it, it, their um, autonomic nervous system, that's the system in, in our nervous system, as you would know, that, that sets our ability to control our emotions. And all of that is impacted totally by how much trauma we suffer in those first few years of life. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I mean, that to me is, it makes so much sense to people when they understand that their behavior, that their way of feeling, their way of being is all because of how their brain, which is after all a physical organ. I mean, I always say to people, uh, suffering from childhood trauma is a physical illness and it's just like a physical illness. You you know, you have to put time and energy into healing and you have to be given the right way, tools to the heal. Tools, right. And then and then if you've got the tools, you can heal. And, and it's separating, it's stopping it, thinking of something at the psychological and thinking of it as a physical illness. Because right. it, the fact that our brain controls our emotions 
it is still a physical organ. We can physically see how our brains are different from people who haven't suffered from trauma. So yeah. we can physically observe the difference in brain scans, you know? Right, right. So that's, that's, all yeah. that stuff, I think, is really, it's good for people to know. It's good for people to know that their corpus callosum that joins the right and left brain is much smaller. And the sm- more dissociation you suffer from, the more trauma you have suppressed, the thinner that connection is between our right and left brain. So that means it's really hard for us to make decisions, for us to, 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 to come from our sort of logical self as well as our emotional self. All of that has been compromised because of our trauma. Mm-hmm. But, we, but we can regrow it. I mean, right. there's been brain studies in the States, you know, that neuroplasticity, mm-hmm. corpus, the, 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 that bridge regrows and that's the integration that is healing. That, that's that integration of knowing ourselves and being able to come from a wise adult space rather than a kind of totally emotional child self or a totally controlled adult self, both of which stuff us up. <laughs> Yeah. In life. <laughs> yeah. So now when we come back from our break, mm. I'd like to talk a little bit more about the Center for Healing that you actually started that's um, for yeah. survivors and by survivors. So after the break, we'll have more with Liz to talk about that center itself. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you have adversity or challenges in your life weighing you down? Are you sick and tired of feeling depressed, down, and just plain unhappy? Get yourself out of this rut. Take action. Break through the barriers in your life and gain the confidence that you deserve by downloading the free ebook You Are Not Alone at MyJoyAgain.com. This book will help you to create your own blueprint to rise above life's challenges and discover the power inside you. Start smiling again, enjoy life, and feel empowered that you can face anything that is in front of you. Visit MyJoyAgain.com for the free ebook or text to 38470. The keyword, joy. Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you. She will interview successful personalities from movies, television, business, technology, health, and academia. All of them have amazing stories, resulting in transformed lives. You'll learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and a replay Fridays at 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Women's Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April Joy Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call into 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. 
Welcome back. And I should what have mentioned a good title before. Your show is. <laughs> Thank you. I just wanted to also mention to our show that our audience listening out there globally, if you guys want to get the Survival Guided Life's Challenges, a free ebook copy of You're Not Alone, all you have to do is go to myjoyin.com or you can text the keyword joy to 38470. And another keyword I want you guys to text is trauma to the same number, 38470, if you want to get information on trauma-informed care as well as self-care. Again, it's 38470, either the keyword trauma or joy to get that download. So back with my guest, Liz Molinar. She originally founded the first national charity in Australia, ASCA by Survivors for Survivors, followed by the Heal for Life Foundation. And just before the break, she was able to share her personal story on what her journey looked like of uncovering her childhood trauma, even at the age of 50, when she was going through a life challenge and adversity. So tell our audience, Liz, how you started the Center for Healing. Uncovering my memories was then sort of re-evaluating my life. Uh, and so I left uh, the, my casting, film casting business. And originally, as I was healing, I thought that I wanted to actually become a priest and go into the church and change, which is now quite ironic, <laughs> really, and change the church's attitude towards survivors of child abuse. And that was from going to a conference where I discovered the most spiritual and connected to God people I'd ever met were all survivors of child abuse. And I thought, how much the church needs this sort of passion. So I started on that journey and to cut a long story short, and if you're in Australia, you'd know that the diocese I was in is currently under immense scrutiny because it was run by a group of pedophiles. So um, I decided to leave that. And all the time while I was at college, at theological college, I was getting letters from survivors. I'd started all these, we had 55 groups around Australia, but I was finding that wasn't actually healing people. I was learning that just validating your story does not heal you. It's, it's a wonderful first start, but it's not enough. And in fact, if we go on just telling our story, I noticed people were getting stuck in their story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I realized what we needed was an actual place to go and heal. And I realized that because one day I really just needed to cry. I just needed to acknowledge how much it hurt what had happened to me. And I ended up in a park because I couldn't cry at home because I have lots of children and it just wasn't a place where I could do that. And I thought what we really need is a safe place. We need a place where we can just go and cry or laugh or just be allowed to be without any expectations and without any judgment. Mm -hmm. Um, And so with my husband, we sold the business, et cetera, and found the land and started building um, the Hill for Life Centre. Um, and, and it was just, and I, I knew it had to be right away from other people. I knew it had to be so if I wanted to scream, I could scream <laughs> and nobody right. would come running. Um, I knew that it needed to be connected to nature and a, a sort of loving place. Um, and I knew it needed to be very earthy. Well, I felt it wanted to be something very earthy, very... Mm-hmm. Um, Nature-centered. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we built. It's built of rammed earth. Um, and all sorts of people combined to help me uh, to help me build it. Uh, weekend prisoners, um, people from the churches. Um, we had a thing called Work for the Dole in Australia. If you're unemployed, you have to work. Uh, so they all, everybody combined in a rather wonderful way in, in terms of the community to build it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, well, that was the first centre. 
Yeah, it sounds like you at first just wanted, like you said, a a safe Uh, haven and a place to go to. But it was more than that because you're actually providing the information, the resources, the teachings of what it needs to actually go through the process of healing. It's interesting. When we first started, I just said anyone can come here at no cost and just stay. And it's amazing the amount of healing that happened in those first six months when people just stayed on the property and and were just allowed to feel whatever emotions they wanted to feel. And that's all we had. And I'm still fascinated by how much healing happened by just that alone. Uh, and then I had a wonderful counsellor uh, who felt called to come and join us. And she initiated the, the basis of our program, which has not changed. The structure of the program hasn't with Margaret Williams since she first uh, set that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she said, um, I actually read a, a book by Lucia Capiccioni, I don't know if you know it, called Recovery of the Inner Child. And I hadn't heard of the inner child at that moment. And I sort of Oh, yeah, I've heard of the method. Yeah, yeah well, it, I, I, this particular book is an American. She's an American author. And I, I said, I've got it, I've got it. We've got to have a program where people discover their inner child. And uh, Margaret said, I've been waiting, Liz. I've been waiting for you to realize that. And... Um, so she told me the program and a couple of weeks later we started a five-day residential program and so people could no longer come here and just stay as long as they liked it was a very uh, structured uh, specific program to help people access what you could call your inner child your emotional self your right brain lots of different words you can use for it um, but in the part of, of of self which holds the trauma the unconscious brain in other words um, and uh, letting people release that and, and release the fear, release the anger, release the sadness. Yeah. And that's that's what we still do for the first two days of the program. So, And, and it had to be residential because uh, I knew from going to a psychologist for an hour that I would just be beginning to get in touch with my feelings, just be beginning to get to stuff, and the session would be over. So, yeah, and then you go home, and oh, and, you go, you know, and then I go home, life, and I'd be completely churned up inside. Yeah. Exactly, I'd be churned up inside, all sorts of stuff. I couldn't access what I was churned up about, um, but I also felt terrible. I would use a rude word, but I won't. I just felt terrible, um, and 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 I thought that's 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 no good. We need, you know, trauma survivors. We need time. We need to be able to just, you know, allow ourselves to to go to where we need to go. So yeah. it, it's a five-day program and it's residential and um, I won't run things for the day or anything like that because I, I don't want people to access stuff and then have to go home. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, why do you think, you know, maybe not everybody who's listening to this episode right now mm. can relate to such extreme, but we all have some level oh, of healing that everybody. needs to take place. Yeah, why do you think everybody. that's so important? Uh, because I think it, it's... There are very, very few people who don't uh, suffer from some sort of moment in childhood which was more emotional or more too hard for them to deal with, and so it got packed away um, and hidden deep inside them. I think one of the key stones of our of our program is people allowing themselves to feel feelings and allowing themselves to say, "I feel frightened, I feel sad, um, I feel happy." A lot of people don't even allow themselves to feel happy because yeah. something happened in childhood maybe at a kid's party and they discovered it wasn't safe to feel happy. So they stopped themselves from feeling happiness. So, you know, a starting point for everyone, I believe, is is allowing oneself to feel happy, sad, frightened, angry, <laughs> uh, and to recognize the emotions 
that I, we, you, anyone <laughs> doesn't allow themselves to feel will be because those you know emotions weren't allowed in our families as a child. Right. And don't you think it's so empowering when, you know, for any parents that are listening out there, whether you had such a traumatic um, childhood, but if you have kids now, you know, if, if you're a parent now, how empowering is it to have this knowledge and these tools <gasps> to make sure that your kids are equipped with the same tools when they grow up? Uh, I, th- I think that's enormously important, but I think it's also important for uh, for parents when something dreadful happens to their child and they and they want them just to forget about it, to say, no, don't let your child forget about it. Mm-hmm. Let them express it. Let them feel it. Never let them suppress anything that happens in childhood. You know, being brave and getting over it is not the way to become a whole person. Being a whole person is being allowed by your parents to feel whatever you're feeling. Feel it and move on, not feel it and say, stay stuck in it. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> feel right. it, totally release agree. it. You know, it's not, you know, sitting and crying for three hours. That's that's just wallowing in it. And uh, people ha- are not helped uh, by parents because of lack of knowledge uh, to understand that to express an emotion brings us into our parasympathetic uh, system, which is the nervous system, which is the relaxed, uh, comfortable, uh, and the way that our body works, functions at its optimum. Um, and anxiety and the release of cortisol and stress hormones is all all happens when we don't allow ourselves to feel emotions. Yeah, and you think? Do you think that's one of the big key issues with people or parenting or society and culture is is like you said, really just ignoring or suppressing and not really mm-hmm. integrating that feeling to release it? Oh, oh absolutely. I think that um, I went to a wonderful lecture. I can't remember by whom, about we're a left-brained society and we now know over the last few years of scientific research that the right brain is dominant. The emotional brain is our dominant brain. So if we suppress our right brain, our emotional brain, uh, we, we don't function properly. Mm-hmm. And you look around, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, all the dreadful things that are happening around the world. All over the world, the world yeah. Um, and a lot of it is, is anger. And I think that anger is from stuff that's happened in those people's childhoods where, where they weren't allowed to feel and, and they're expressing their powerlessness from their own childhoods. And I think powerlessness uh, is expressed as anger. Um, later in life, well, or through life. I mean, we do a lot of work with uh, bullies in school, kids who are being expelled, kids who are in, in, in crisis, uh, and it's just because they were rendered powerless, and so they're displaying their fear with anger. And once they learn that and learn how to express their fear, um, then they behave, and, and they're happy kids, which yeah. is... Uh-huh. Everyone, I, I was expelled from school at 15, so I know what it feels like to be the bad kid in the school, but inside want not to be the bad kid in the school, but not know how to change myself while absolutely not wanting to be the child that I was. Yeah, and like you, you're able to have a reference point now and know that it was really a trigger because some sort of need wasn't being met like you said if it was safety mm. or security or love or whatever it is but you're or acting just being, it out or, and if your parents are over dominating over controlling over protective then then you're powerless there are lots of ways in which we can be powerless and one of the interesting things on our program is as i as I mentioned, we have the first two, day, two days we're getting into the the fear and the anger and all the emotions we've suppressed. But the third day, which is often the most important day for people, is our joy day. And all we ask for people on that day is, even for 30 seconds, explore joy. Mm-hmm. Try to see what are the barriers to stopping you feeling joy. 
And it's it's very powerful. People who've never had a birthday party, people who were never allowed to get dirty, <laughs> you know, cover themselves in dirt and laugh, <laughs> and you know, um, people who. Who, you know, who never had friends at school, you know, they say, all I want to do today is to play some games with friends who will play with me. And we just encourage people just to do whatever as a child, you, you know, stopped you from feeling joy. And we have a party and we have all the sort of party foods and everything. And, but for some people, uh, they, they just can't participate and that they really have to process what stops them from allowing themselves to feel joy. And I think that's, so sad and so important and anyone who's listening who doesn't ever feel joy we all have a right to feel joy and healing for me is about finding joy and happiness in life you know it's finding it so that we can wake up each morning and think if I'm not feeling good about the day well that's my choice but I can choose to make today a really happy joyful day and not have a barrier because of my childhood from feeling that joy and that happiness Okay. So I'd like to get into a little bit what makes your program different uh, when we come back from the break. I know you mentioned a little bit on what you guys do Mm. for the different days. So when we come back, Mm. we're going to dive a little bit deeper on what makes this program really different. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Joy's Gift is a 501c3 nonprofit that empowers women and youth to transition from tragedy to triumph, from loss or sexual abuse. Our program emphasizes a foundation of developing true self-mastery of independence. Our services provide a support system and infrastructure of wraparound resources for services focused on mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Restore someone's hope, love, peace and help them develop self-mastery of independence by sharing your gifts with Joy's Gift at www.joysgift.org. That's joysgift.org. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April Joy Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call into 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. We are back, and our episode is on everyone can choose to heal from childhood trauma or abuse and transform their lives. So I wanted to talk a little bit more in-depth about the Heal for Life Foundation and what makes their program different and unique. Um, So Liz, go ahead and please share the details on can we really start to experience some breakthroughs in the first five days? Um, well, absolutely, yes. Uh, we have a 98% success rate. Um, 57% of people say it's life-changing. When people can actually break through to realize that there is hope, when they can realize that when we access our fear and release our fear, that a whole load is lifted, when people realize that what they've been carrying in their belief system about themselves is false 
and it comes from stuff that's happened in childhood and they can let that go and maybe burn those false beliefs or let go of them. It's it's gloriously transformational. I'm, I'm a volunteer and most of the people here are volunteers mm-hmm. and what drives us is the joy in seeing people who come uh, feeling despair and hopeless and uh, what's the point, leave going, yes, there is a point, and yes, mm-hmm. I can see, I can heal. They're yeah. not healed, obviously, in five days. What they've got is hope and a direction and tools and a knowledge that they're not alone. They've got people, the, the group that they're with um, remain lifelong friends. It's really lovely. They often set up, you know, a Facebook, closed Facebook mm-hmm. set, you know what I mean? They, The people they connect with on those five days, it's so deep and so profound that those are the people uh, they continue to connect with. Not mm-hmm. so much us. We, we have different people coming all the time, but we're saying to people, make your, start making a, a wonderful support social network with the people you meet here. Rather right. than rather than rather than you know us, we're not the central point of it. We are just uh, the, the the initiators, the empowerers, who then send everybody off <laughs> mm. uh, to 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 change their lives. Okay, and what so start through, setting up boundaries and things like that. Yeah, walk you through what, what the actual program. What yeah, we do. For the, yeah, like you said, for hmm. the first five days. Again, what yeah, so, key topic? Yeah, so uh, um, on Sunday night, the most important thing to heal is to feel safe. And many people have never felt safe in their life and don't actually know what safety is. So Sunday night, we we discuss that and we discuss um, safety agreements, ways of behaving that everybody agrees to. And we say, if anyone breaks this, then you'll have to go because we we have to all feel safe. Otherwise, nobody can be vulnerable. Nobody can feel their feelings if they feel they're going to be judged, if they're going to be told what to do, if, if in any way they feel unsafe. So we set those ground rules. And us as survivors know that if we're told what to do, that's a no-no. We, if we advised what to do, that's that doesn't empower us. So we're very clear. We're very very uh, clear about what we all need in order to feel safe. And I've, that's probably that's the most important night of the week in terms of the week's success. Okay. And it's the most important. In, it's most important in every way. If, if that night works, the week works. Uh, so it's very important, um, and it means the person the the person who is going to be most challenging, most difficult behaviorally will be the person who suffered the most and who finds it hardest to feel safe. So that's that's Sunday night. So that's very deep and profound. And then uh, Monday, we we suggest to people that they don't talk a lot in the first two days, and that's because when we talk, we're not allowing ourselves to feel. So we're really saying to people, just allow yourself to just be with yourself don't try to make friends don't just try to find out what's happening in deep inside you that you haven't allowed yourself the space or the safety to look at before uh, so then on, on monday we then we do activities that take people to their right brain that's creative activities visualization music uh, and people start connecting with this inner self with their mm-hmm. child's whatever word you want to use yeah and and sometimes they um, feel very angry, say, with their mother because she didn't do anything about it or whatever. And then that child self, we, we have an anger pit with China and we have punching bags um, and we're by a lake. We, so we people can do whatever they need to do to express their emotions and really let them out physically, not not just, you know, you've got to, emotions have to be felt and said in order to connect them, said in order to connect them to the left brain. So mm-hmm. it's saying I feel really angry with mum because, you know, she didn't listen and throwing China and saying, why didn't you listen to me, mum, um, and yelling it out. And that's not 
the great thing about that is that that corrects the relationship in the now with that mother. It's the child self that's doing it and letting go of all the stuff that may be impeding the relationship in the now. So it's this is not um, mother bashing. Let me quickly right, yeah. add. You know, it, <laughs> I mean, sometimes it, it, it sometimes mothers have not behaved, and it can be mother bashing. But it but but it 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 depends. I mean, lots of people end up having a much much better relationship with their parents because of doing this work. Um, so then the Tuesday is going deeper into that. It, it's allowing to get to actual moments of trauma, because as you probably know, actual moments of trauma are always in the unconscious, and they're stored in the right brain in the amygdala. And so we've got to we've got to the person has to feel safe enough to allow themselves to remember stuff they've never, ever remembered or thought about uh, forever. And what comes up is always the thing that's being the most uh, important at this moment in their life to uncover. But you're not going to uncover everything. You're going right. to uncover whatever's whatever's Person. relevant at this mm-hmm. moment. <laughs> um, so it's people are always surprised. You know, people say, I, I came to deal with sexual abuse by my uncle and I dealt with, you know, emotional abuse by my aunt, as it were. So it's whatever comes up is what's, important at that Mm -hmm. moment then Wednesday is kind of as I said joy day um, and I've sort of described that then Thursday is now coming back into the adult self because we can't when we go into this really vulnerable space it's not a safe space in the outside world so Thursday is learning about how to nurture ourselves it's learning about the negative parental messages let me say something to anyone who's listening. Any negative, think about this, any negative self-belief you have is is likely to be a lie and likely to have come that somebody told you in your childhood. So uh, my negative self-belief always was I'm stupid, you know, and I was a successful businesswoman, but I wouldn't have dreamt of going to university until I was 50 and started uncovering my memories and realized I wasn't stupid. So we can all have very profound, deep self-beliefs which influence the way we run our lives. So Mm -hmm. Thursday's a huge day because then people write down these, you know, I'm not worthwhile, I'm not okay, um, you know, all these things, I'm not good enough, you know, and they get rid of them, burn them. Well, yeah, like it's a put them down the toilet, do whatever they want to do with them. You know what I mean? They get get rid of (laughs) yeah, Yeah. (laughs) whole week of uncovering the layers or layers. Yes, exactly. And they able to program and reprogram on the fifth day so they can take um, new empowered steps moving forward. That's that's exactly it. Because then on the Friday, it's all about uh, recognizing boundaries, challenges. Attachment style, understanding that the way our mother related to us in the first couple of years of life is the way we relate to others, and so not asking everyone to have the same, be the same relation in relationship as we are, um, and and so the last two days are really in the adult self. So there's, we don't do anything that's that's different or odd or new agey. All we do is say to people. Here is a safe place, but we're going to make sure it's really, really, really safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, give them the information as well so that it gives them the courage, therefore, to look, go more deeply within themselves than they otherwise might have the courage to do. So it's, uh, and it's, as I say, we have a huge success rate. 98% of people either say it's life-changing or um, positive or very positive. Very few people. Uh, um, and the people it doesn't work for are actually people where their pain is too great. They just can't let go. They can't allow themselves. And that's fortunately a very small percentage. Um, And we just sort of love them and hope next time they come that they'll come back and we'll do better at helping them feel safe. Feeling safe, you can hear I'm saying it again and again. That's the key 
to to healing. And if we're not in a safe home environment, for instance, if we're still living with someone who's abusive to us, and that can be emotionally abusive or whatever, then it's very hard to start changing. It's very hard to start the sort of self-empowerment, self-belief, um, if, we, if we're getting negative messages in mm. the now. Right. Um, so that's that's basically the program, and as I say, it's not nothing. And and every afternoon we do we education, we do explaining about impact of trauma on the brain, ex- explaining everything of the autonomic nervous system, explaining how uh, how our emotions are regulated, everything, so people understand, and that automatically gives. Oh, and the biggest tool we give to people, which I will share with your listeners, because I think it's the most important tool of all. Is that okay if I do that now? Yeah, sure. Yeah, the most important thing, uh, many of your listeners may know what it means to be triggered, to, to suddenly mm-hmm. have a reaction which comes from something that happened in childhood rather than anything that's happening in the now. could be reacting to the smell of alcohol, can be reacting to someone mm-hmm. yelling, um, can be much, much deeper than that. And the thing to do, and this really, really works, and we all say to people, it's the greatest tool you can take from the week. And that is if you can look at another person or look in the mirror and just say, I feel scared or I feel frightened or I feel terrified, whatever is the word that feels right, even if you're not feeling it at that moment, and then validate yourself or if it's to another person, the other person validates you and says, it's okay to feel frightened and scared. You know, stuff happened in your childhood and and it's, it's okay. But it's not happening right now, is it? And so it's not happening right now, but it's okay to feel scared. Then the person will stop. Be- then you will stop being triggered. And we teach this to our, you know, the our badly behaved kids in schools. They all have a mirror in their pockets. These boys who are expelled and mm-hmm. been in terrible trouble. And whenever they feel they're about to bash up another kid, they run into the toilet, take out their mirror, look into the mirror because the optical neurons are the strongest neurons they are. So they look at, look into the mirror. And they say, I feel frightened or scared, give themselves permission to feel scared. Then that deactivates their stress system, deactivates their stress hormones. With boys, it stops the, the um, testosterone flowing as well, which cuts down from their aggression. And then they go out in the playground and they then don't bash the kid that was going to get them mm-hmm. expelled. So um, that's probably that's probably the, one of the most important tools that people find they find it so useful because by doing that, they find they're back in control of our lives. And what's the thing that most makes us feel out of control, I think, is being triggered. It, it's reacting to something and thinking, why did I do that? You know, why, why, what's going on? But when we understand that that's all the way our brain is protecting us from our fear uh, and we know how to, get, to turn that around, then we're back in charge of our lives. And even though we may still have lots of stuff still to heal from, We've started to take back our, our, ourselves. Yeah. Okay. So let's go. Ourselves. Yeah. Let's let's go ahead and take our last commercial break. And when we come back, uh, you triggered a memory within me. So I'm going to share a tool and a technique that I use. I'm you. testing your triggers, a test point yeah. trigger. So when <laughs> we come can, back, or I can de-trigger you over <laughs> over the phone, which I often do. <laughs> Either. All right. Meet us back after these messages. <laughs> It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you have adversity or challenges in your life weighing you down? Are you sick and tired of feeling depressed, down, and just plain unhappy? Get yourself out of this rut. 
Take action. Break through the barriers in your life and gain the confidence that you deserve by downloading the free ebook, You Are Not Alone, at MyJoyAgain.com. This book will help you to create your own blueprint to rise above life's challenges and discover the power inside you. Start smiling again, enjoy life, and feel empowered that you can face anything that is in front of you. Visit MyJoyAgain.com for the free ebook or text to 38470. The keyword, joy. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April Joy Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call into 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. And we are back. And just before the break, Liz shared one of the biggest tools that she teaches on um, triggers and that she gave a little story on how you can look into the mirror and you validate your feeling, whatever the feeling is. If you're feeling scared, you say the feeling out loud of I feel scared. Again, validate it and and provide that safety and environment that you're really um, it's okay to feel what you're feeling at that moment. And as she was sharing that story, it um, brought up a memory that I had because somebody did ask me, how can I really tell um, that you have come to a place of healing? And, and funny that this worked out two to three weeks ago. I was teaching a trauma-informed care to a group of um, administrators or administrators like psychotherapists, counselors for group homes who work with survivors of abuse and and trafficking, et cetera. And I was in my old hometown. It's a really small town, uh, a city of Folsom, east of Sacramento. And like I said, this was a real life situation on testing my own triggers Mm. because I was just driving, um, coming out of a meeting, having a lunch meeting, and I was driving in in the streets and two cars in front of me was the ambulance that I sat in six years ago where my husband um, was brought you know, from our home when he was having his incident. And this is where he coded. He coded blue in the ambulance as we were on our way to the emergency room. So had I not been at a place of healing, I would have been triggered with those same traumatic emotions and feelings. I would have probably would have broke down crying Mm -hmm. or probably felt angry. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But since... I'm now at a place of healing. I can look at that ambulance. There was literally two two cars in front of me and just really um, accept it. Not yeah. to say I'm okay that every the way things happen, mm. but I didn't react in a yes. negative feeling or an emotion. And again, yeah. that's one of my tools of how mm. can you really test your yes. triggers and how can you tell you have healed? Would you say that that yeah. also worked for you? Uh, abs- uh, 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 anyone, I know I've healed when I no longer ha- has no emotional importance. Like I can look at photos of my father who was mm-hmm. one of my abusers and I'm, I'm in 
indifferent. I, I'm, I'm not angry. I'm not sad. I'm not anything. I, he's just, you know, he was an asshole, and he, you know, I don't. It, it, but, but it doesn't. It, it's. I don't have an. I don't care because I've, I've released all my emotions, my fear, my anger, my sadness around that relationship. And uh, healing is when we don't carry that emotional dead weight. I agree with, completely agree with you. And healing is when we are no longer triggered. Yeah. And and for me, and I'm sure it may happen for you, suddenly something will come up. Still, I'll get a, a new trigger or something will remind me of something I haven't yet dealt with in my childhood. Uh, and I then just, just have to process that memory. Uh, and then I'm no longer triggered by it. So I, stone walls, I, we have a house in France and I couldn't sleep for six weeks. And I kept thinking, why am I not sleeping? And then suddenly came to me stone walls and something that had happened in front of a stone wall. And as soon as I allowed myself to release the fear and remember what happened and acknowledge it and empower that child self and nurture myself, then I went back to sleep again and, and the trigger had gone. But, you know, stuff will, all, I think, will always come up until I die. And that's okay because I can now process it and move through it quickly it's not you know I don't sit with it forever and I'm sure you're the same yeah yeah now I wanted to ask this is my personal question my personal interest and hopefully um, other listeners out there would also have some value on this question that I'm going to ask but when you were describing the center for healing it kind of um you know, I was envisioning, you know, on the horizon, my organization, Joy's Gift, empowering survivors as well. That's almost the same lines of providing a safe place and a retreat mm. for survivors run um, mm. by survivors as well. But how Fabulous. can I know you work with a lot of organizations, but considering you're in Australia, have you had the opportunity to cross collaborate with other programs here in the United oh, States? I, I, my great belief in life and why I love doing this program and love talking talking to you is I think all of us as survivors must collaborate and work together. We we have to fight such an enemy. You know, the pedophile networks are strong and they're heavy and they try to misinform people about how we can heal. And I think it's really important that we all collaborate and work together. So uh, we welcome any sort of collaboration. I've trained people from the States who've gone back to work, you know, psychologists and people who've gone back to work in our model in the States. But I also just welcome any sort of collaboration. And, and I, that's why I'm happy to share anything. I'm not you know, we don't hold anything that we're doing here from anybody else um, because, to me, sharing, collaborating, connecting, talking is the way that we can change the world. We're not any one of us as an individual organization going to change the world. But if we all work together with love, then then we're doing something really special and we can overcome all the pain and the anger and the hurt in the world. And I totally believe in that and totally wish to be connected with your organization, with anyone who's listening and anything that I can do, you know, I'm, that's, that's what we're about. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. If any one person or organization says that they have everything figured out, I would recommend uh, run uh, the other way. <laughs> well, exactly. And we're one part of the healing journey. We don't yeah. do the ongoing support. We don't do what you're doing. This, that's why I loved hearing the introduction to your program. We don't run any radio programs. We don't do any connecting. I'm too busy to write any more books. Uh, you know, what we do is offer a place. Well, we've got three centers on the one property now, but a place where people can come and heal and pay whatever they can afford and take it away and then use it where, wherever they use it in the world. In That's our little bit that we offer. And it's only one little bit in what we all need to do um, to change the world. And, you know, 
and, and also empower other people to learn from our mistakes and, and open centers run by survivors for survivors and, <laughs> and learn all the things that, that I did wrong over the 17 years and that I'm happy to mean that other people yeah. set up, do well much more quickly or don't have the obstacles that I've had to overcome um, in, that, in that 17 years, mm-hmm. you know. So it's um, we have, uh, you know, healing weeks now in the Philippines, for instance, as well as England, um, and that just gives me joy, you know. So we've got three people over from the Philippines at the moment just um, learning and, and training more so they can go back and, and, um, and take, it, take it to the Philippines. We're not, we're not about making money or having some model that you have to pay thousands of dollars to come and learn. Or That's, just, that's not what we're about at all. It's about sharing the knowledge with anybody in it who's interested to do whatever they want with it. Yeah. And one uh, ripple so, one ripple does really create a major impactful uh, effect. So in closing, Liz, where can our audience and listeners go to uh, to check out more about your work? Yes. And the they, it, Heal, Heal for Life Foundation is the name of our foundation. And we have a Facebook page, which is Heal for Life. And we have a website, uh, which is an Australian website and an and UK and a Philippine website, but in Australia it's uh, healforlife.org.au. In uh, the UK it's uh, .org.uk. It's .com. .com.au in Australia and .org.uk in England. But if they uh, Google Heal for Life, um, th- they will find us. They'll also find we've been quite attacked by pedophiles and they'll find all sorts of other stuff as well. But that's p- part, of, part of the journey yeah. of us is just rising ab- above all of that and just saying we're just going to all of us. And we welcome people from the States. People come from everywhere to our healing weeks and then take back what they can to their own communities. So... Um, and anyone who wants to be in touch with me can reach me on email on Mullina, which is spelt with an A, uh, Mullina at hunterlink.net.au. But with wonderful Googling and things, uh, <laughs> anyone will be able to find me if they want to. It's not hard because my surname is, is very unusual. So um, right. I love to hear from people, love to, you know, just hear from them just so they feel somebody else has heard them. You know, that's it. That my uh, it's my pleasure to just encourage people. I can't enter into long emails with people, but but just to be able to say I hear you and yes, you can heal. I'm I, I love to do so that people can feel there are lots of us. You're doing it. I'm doing it, mm-hmm. and there are lots of other people, and we're all just trying to he- help people know that they can heal, they can change. And uh, those of us who are on the journey, I'm sure you're like me. We just want to tell everyone else it 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 can happen. There is hope, yes. isn't there? Yes. Alrighty, everybody. Looks like we ran out of time. Uh, make sure you check out Liz Molinar's website that she gave all across the globe. They are um, having their impactful presence when Ripple does create an effect. So I share my story and the show so others can share their stories and have their glory so others don't have to experience the extremities of what I face but would be able to take the fruit of my adversities and prosper with it. I give my permission to allow people to borrow my belief and faith and I give my love and light so others can illuminate theirs. I share my joys and blessings so others can share theirs and let others know you are not alone. And remember that there's gold to be discovered in our challenges. Know that you are not alone. Get inspired, uplifted, and empowered every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Pacific here on Voice America. We appreciate your joining us this week for You Are Not Alone. 
Please tune in for another edition with host April Joy Ford next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to talk again next week.